So we've been in a series <clears throat> talking about walking with God. And last week, uh, Pastor Peter Brunton spoke. And I just want you to, if you, have a, if you weren't here last Sunday, uh, it was just an incredible message, great teaching, um, a, a lot, I could tell a lot went into it. Uh, it's something that'd be well worth your time to even revisit uh, to just get even more out of it. Pastor Peter Hornan has been with us. He was here last week. He's here again today. He's going to bless us at the end of the message. <clears throat> uh, the, the apostolic that he walks in, he's leaving here and he's traveling around the world, Sweden, Italy, all everywhere, right? So um, we are his first stop. And so, <clears throat> of course, him being a part of our family and us uh, with his, we get the best. We get him the, right before he leaves on this worldwide tour and blessing people. So we need to be sure to be, just allow the Lord to work on us to get to that point. So we've been teaching on walking with God. And when you walk with God, there's a lot, because God has so many facets to his personality. And there's so many things that we go through in our life that we walk with him in different ways. We talk about walking with him on the mountain, walking with him coming down the mountain. What does it need to walk with him in the valley? Today we're going to, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? We're going to walk with God, the shepherd. It's one of the things that he, Jesus, described himself, the prophets, described God as the shepherd. And if he's a shepherd, we're described as his sheep. Now, I know a lot of people don't want you know, it's not popular to be sheep. You're going, hey, let's be sheep. You know, it's like, no, we're more than conquerors. But you know what? <clears throat> we're described as sheep. We have the nature of sheep. And until we behave as sheep, allowing ourselves to be shepherded, we can't have the latter. The process starts with having a shepherd. So who here grew up in church, children's church? You got... Okay, not that section didn't go to church, you heathen. Okay, <laughs> so how many on this side grew up in church? Okay, you remember the stories, the, 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 you know, the supernatural stories. You know, they had the picture Bible. Remember the little felt board? You know, they put the little felt characters up there. And so what are some of the, the supernatural children's stories you heard in children's? Huh? Moses. Moses is a good one. Oh, where did Moses go? There's Moses. So who is that? Charlton Heston, right. That's not Moses. <laughs> but everyone thinks Moses. And you know, everyone talks about how bad the movie, I didn't see Noah, you know, with the mud people, the lightest movie. But uh, everyone looks at this and going, oh, that was so, well, the miracles were there, but the real Moses stuttered. You know, Charlton Heston, you know, he's up there. He didn't stutter once, you know, because it would have made him a little less. But the amazing thing is, is when the children's stories, as children, you don't think of the backstory. You know, there's, there's a backstory. It's like, like when, you know, we get Moses, you know, he, he did the plagues, he split the sea, but it just takes it away when you realize that he stuttered because it makes him like us. You know, he mispronounced words. He's like, you know, he goes, part. You know, it's like, it just kind of takes away from it. So, so with children, we build it up. In our minds, that's what Moses looked like. You know, who knows? But it's amazing. The story, you know, God says, Moses, Moses, I've chosen you. 
And he's going, not me, Lord. It's like, I don't talk so well. Who do you think made that mouth? God. He said, I chose you. I'm not good. Even Moses didn't think he could do it. He goes, okay, Aaron will talk for you, but you're still doing it. All right? You're still doing it. You're the guy. I've been doing all this stuff, and you are the guy. All this crap that went on in your life, all the bad things, you're the guy. You're going to do it. If you want Aaron to talk, he'll talk. Uh, what, what are some other stories? Jonah. You know, it's like, it's, you know, <clears throat> you, you see this big fish swallow Jonah, and your parents take you to the beach the next day. <laughs> like, are you, why don't you want to get in the water? Go play. No, no. I don't want to be thrown up on the shores of Cuba. You know, it's like, <laughs> go, go preach in Havana. You know, it's like, I'm not, it, it, it's terrifying. Yeah, I had dreams of being swallowed by fish. And so as I think I was in high school when Jaws came out, that didn't help. You know, it's like, I liked the ocean. Like, Whoa. So, oh, look at these guys. That's supposed to be Elijah being taken up in chairs. Isn't that frightening? He looks like a crazy man. These all came out of picture Bibles. And I don't even know. Oh, there's Noah with the ark. You know, see the ark in the back and the animals can't see Noah. You know, wasn't that incredible? Wasn't Noah an incredible guy? You know, you don't spend a whole lot of, you know, it's like, hey, mom, dad, hey, you, did you paint that mural on my wall of Noah and the boat and you had the little animals? You've seen that? You know, people painting nurseries. You know, they don't, they don't paint the million of people who are drowning. <laughs> you know, like, they leave that part out of it. It's like, hey, put this in the nursery. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, it's crazy. But, now that, tell me that doesn't give you nightmares. You know, I, I, I could try to convince my dad to give me a BB gun because he had a sling. He wouldn't even let me have a dog. But uh, that is just frightening. David against Goliath. Here's what's great. All those children's stories, they're not children's stories. They're the Bible. They were real people. And God told us those stories. And he gave us something out of James 5.17 that is just mind-blowing. <laughs> Elijah, you know, the guy that looked crazy, did all the miracles, got taken up in a chariot of fire. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was like us. No, he wasn't. I saw that crazy picture in my children's Bible. He was a man just like our nature, except, let's do in this, he prayed earnestly. And here's the interesting thing. You know, if there's anything that's just a different, the only thing different between us and them is that they prayed earnestly before they needed to pray. How often the church, oh, I can pray earnestly once an issue comes up and it's like I have to catch up. And it's no wonder that we lack in boldness because our, we're motivated, motivated by something happening and I'm behind schedule. I should have been prayed up before. You know, Crystal, we have a number of people who are, you know, our bodies are failing and different things are happening. And 
Crystal said something to me which helped me move to this message a couple of weeks ago because her mother, Irma, uh, Nancy Long, who's still with us, but the other two are not, and a number of the uh, ladies, we call that our prayer warriors. Well, so many of them have passed away. And Crystal turned to me, she goes, I just hope you men are praying enough because we've lost some prayer warriors. I mean, they would get together sometimes a couple times a week and pray for hours together, much less apart. And once an issue happens, something tragic happens, and then we start praying, there's always that seed of doubt. You know, it's this, the, the pain is squeezing this prayer out of me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch up to the situation, and it can make us feel guilty. Well, <clears throat> he just prayed. Before we read Philippians, in the book of Acts, it's interesting that the Acts of the Apostles, the miracles that were done, before them, if you look chapters before it, Paul would say, get all the brothers there to pray that we're bold. Let me pray for boldness on you. They were asking for prayer to be bold. Help us, because it comes down to this, it's that boldness. And it seems the longer we're Christians, the quieter we get with our boldness. Well, it's not polite. It's not, we might offend. We might, look what the scripture says here. It says, what, <clears throat> whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whenever I come and see you or hear about you in my absence, I will know that you have stand firm. You're standing, you're being bold. You are who you are. I believe what I believe. That you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened of anyone or any way, anything. It says be bold. And here's the reason why. By those who oppose you. This is a sign to them. This is a sign to them. What? that I believe what I believe and I believe it bold. Because it is what it is and I don't care if you don't agree with it, I don't care if it offends you, it is. And I don't even have to be mad. I don't even have to be loud. I'm just bold. Do you know the boldest person in the room many times is the softest spoken? He just says what he believes in such a manner. Does God yell? He's pretty bold though, isn't he? You don't have to. If you speak what you believe, you're bold. As this is assigned to them, boldness and confidence, that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. It's the sign. And so, so what do we need in the last days? It's this confidence and boldness. And there is no better thing to give us boldness than Psalms 23, a children's psalm. You know, it's the psalm that, you know, you're first, as a child, you're dealing with the dying, you know, because everyone kind of, you get to that age, six and seven, your grandparents die or something, and 
You're going, well, they're, they're dead. What, what happens? And this was always the psalm that it seemed that people shared with little children. But I want you to know it's not about death. It's about boldness. The 23rd Psalm is about boldness. Now, I'm going to recite it. We're going to look at it from the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible, just because there's a few nuances which didn't get translated exactly. Not that what we're used to in the 23rd Psalm is, is wrong. It's just there's a little, just a little bit more that paints a better picture about having a good shepherd. Now, <clears throat> I have dabbled all my life with farming. I was, my, I was in sixth grade. I told my dad I wanted to take care of his yard. He was happy to do that. And then, well, once I got in charge, that means I had a little section of corn. I had a little section of this and that. I just have always liked growing things. <clears throat> and then we got some property. We did emus. We did milking goats. I had Nubians. I had belted pygmy goats. We had horses. Uh, now we have bears, but um, I've electrified everything. But I looked into having sheep. In Florida, you can have hair sheep or meat sheep, they call it. They have hair. They don't have wool. They do quite well except for the coyotes. But I decided because of the coyote problems that I have, that's not a good thing to have out there. <clears throat> so, but I studied up on it, and it was, sheep are really interesting. First of all, now we're, we're not looking at sheep in Scotland you know, or New Zealand where everything is green. We're talking about a good shepherd who lives with his sheep in the Jordan because there, the only thing green were the farms and you didn't, you know, the, where the vegetables were, and you couldn't have sheep there. So what they did is they would live up here and they would travel through dark ravines to get to the grass at the lower levels and the, the sheep would eat those up and then they had to travel back through these, these coves that were covered in jungles and go where they sleep. And then the next day you go to another spot. The shepherd knew where the grass was. The sheep didn't because they couldn't see it. Sheep don't see a long distance. Sheep only see what they need to, you know, up close they're looking for those who want to eat them. So, but here's the interesting thing about a sheep. Tell me if this isn't just like the church. Sheep have one protection from lions, bears, coyotes, wolves as they herd together. They get tight together. And he said, in my book, when I studied it, so the way you can tell if you got a sick sheep is he loses his instinct to herd. His, he goes, if you, if you see a bunch of sheep right here and you see one that doesn't want to herd, he goes, it's sick. Even when you pin them at night, he goes, if it's the same one that's, if it's the, same one that's the last one in, he goes, have it checked. It's probably sick. It's losing its instinct to follow. Does that sound like what we've experienced in the church? There are those that lose their instinct to herd. There are those who lose their instinct to follow. That they, they're sick. There's something wrong in them. And then predators are going to pick them off. So <clears throat> interesting study of sheep that God would call us that. 
So we're going to take a look at what David says. David has gone through horrible times and he's gone through good times. He's lost the kingdom, he's regained the kingdom. He's lost his sons in war. He's lost his best friend. He's the king. And no matter what he's done, he always knew how to get back. He would start, he would recognize, I'm not the king, I'm the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. So it's, it's so straightening. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, it says Adonai. And the reason I just said Adonai here is it does in the Hebrew Bible. It says, just not a Lord. Not just the general, it is the Jewish God. The Jewish God is my shepherd. It said, he is my shepherd. I lack nothing. If you have a good shepherd... You have to put in your spirit, I lack nothing. Because if there's something that you see inside of you that you think is lack, then either the shepherd is not good or you're looking at the wrong thing. Would you dare say the shepherd is not good? I wouldn't. So you have to look at what is wrong with me. Is he not my shepherd? Or are my eyes on something else? My eyes are on all loss. You have to establish the beginning place, and the beginning place is the Lord, Adonai, is my shepherd. How can I lack? You're, you're saying, that's the God of the universe is my shepherd. Even in difficult times, he is my shepherd. I will not lack. I will not put myself in any position less than glorifying him. If I lack something, it's because I have the wrong attitude, my eyes are on the wrong thing, or I'm in the wrong place. But how can my God be a bad shepherd? It, it goes on. It goes, he has me lie down in grassy pastures. Do you know how a shepherd, a sheep are real jittery? And a good shepherd, if you don't pin them up, because when you're out in the pasture, the shepherd will lie to put his hand on you and lie down with you. That keeps them from being jittery. If they see you up, nervous and looking, they're nervous and looking. White-tailed deer, you put white bags on your fences or your garden because the way they warn each other is they look around and they lift their tail up. When they see white, they're all, something's not right. And the same thing, if, a she- if the sheep see a worried shepherd... It's not going to settle down. God brings peace. He walks in confidence with us. And he leads us to grassy pastures. A sheep can see up close. A a, A shepherd stands up and he can see the long distance. He can see where the next pasture is going to start. The sheep can't. They'll eat everything up here and then they just start wandering off. They don't know where the next pasture is. It is the shepherd that brings you and makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. If you ever look at a sheep, its nostrils are right here next to its mouth. If a sheep goes to rushing water, it chokes. 
It can't take in the water. And how often do, do, do the, does the believer see, oh, look at this rushing water. I'm going to go to it. And you go, no, that's not good water. It's pure. It's clean. It's exciting. Look, it's rushing all over. Said It will not refresh you. A shepherd has to keep the sheep from being attracted to waters that will not refresh. That's hard to do. You have to be a good sheep to refuse. I just deserve that right now. I deserve some. And it's right there. Surely it's not still water. It's not going to refresh you. It's going to choke you. And you're not going to understand it. A good shepherd brings you to water that you can drink and be refreshed. Well, it's the same water. It just goes down there and it's calm. I'll just drink it here. We're, gonna, we're going to show some restraint and we're going to go down there. Come, I'll lie down with you. We'll drink. So <clears throat> he leads you by quiet water. He restores your inner person. And this is the point that, that God is a restorer. And he wants to restore that inner person. You know that person who talks to you when you're thinking, man, why did I, how did I waste so many years doing that? You, you've heard that guy, right? That's your inner person. Oh, how could I have married that person? Oh, why am I in this situation with that person? Why do I get so angry? Why did I go to that college? Why didn't I go to college? That person who has all the questions of your life and he sits there and he's talking to you when you're alone, when you're in bed, trying to get to sleep, or you wake up, you know that three o'clock thing when you wake up? Are you old enough to wake up at the three, go to the bathroom, come back, can't get to sleep? All right. The old man syndrome. But then you're thinking, why not? Why this? That inner person needs to be restored. And he's only restored by the shepherd. The shepherd who leads you. The shepherd who says, you know, you're here because of that. There's um, a country song. It's one of my favorite country songs. I, who, I would have never thought I liked country, but... And it is, he goes, I'm so glad for the letter I didn't get from that college. I'm so glad that the girl that I was dating dropped me. Because had they not, I wouldn't have met you. You know, God wants to put that, restore that inner soul that talks to you. Why were those years of question marks, why were they there? Because you wouldn't be here to do what God wants to do now. Why was that heartache there? Maybe even sickness. Because of some foolish you, foolishness you did, but you've given it to God. And he, now he needs to restore that person who talks to you. And that you know it's been restored when it stops accusing you of loss or accusing other people for causing you loss and starts speaking to you. said, you're the man and the woman for now. You are the very person that I've called. But, and you try to go, I stuttered. No, that, let that inner person that God has restored say, no. He said, well, I don't have enough education. You know what? It, it is, it's, it's a critical thinker. A God... What the, the soul that God wants to restore is a critical thinker. He's, you, know, you don't have enough schooling, but you know what? You can start here. Well, I don't have that opportunity, 
But you know what? You put yourself in this environment and see what happens. You know, it's not pie in the sky. You know, you're not going to play in the NBA. You know, you're 40 years old and you're five foot three. You're not going to play in the NBA. That's not the restored soul that God did. Okay? It does critical thinking. It's honest, but it's positive. He's the restorer of that. Is he your shepherd? If he's your shepherd, then allow him to restore that soul. Let him restore that inner person. And you'll know that when it changes, when you can fight that other voice. You see, that there, there's going to be two voices. One's going to be the enemy talking to you. And if, the, and if you don't have a voice countering it, you know that God hasn't restored your soul. Well, God's goodness comes from his nature, not your worthness. It's his nature that he does this. So you go, oh, I don't deserve it. You're, that's, that inner person's not been restored yet. Here's what I really like. Even though I passed through death, dark ravines, that's when he had to go from where they slept to where the grass was, there's dark ravines where the wolves, the bears, the coyotes lived. And it's in a ravine. It's like a cove in North Carolina. If the sun sets at 6.30, if you're in the cove, it's pitch black, death dark at 4.30. You're stuck. If you're in a cove in North Carolina at 4.30 and you've got to come walking out of it, you won't see the path. I've hiked them for 25 years. I used to take 30 of you every year. I said, sun didn't come up till about nine and it went down at 4.30. It's like you lived in Scotland in the winter. So, so he goes, so I get up in the morning, I got to lead my sheep through that to get to the grass that they can't see. They've got to trust me. They've got to trust me. And so it says, even though I pass through dark, uh, death-dark ravines, I will fear no disaster, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. Let me tell you, the rod, there was two things that they carry. The rod was a stick, and it, has a, it didn't have to have a knot on it, but if you had one that had a big knot on it, that was a weapon. They would cross the eyes of a wolf with that rod. They could even kill it. They could, they could injure a bear coyote. They could kill a coyote. They'd take that thing and wallop it. But the staff, and you've seen these, you know, always the shepherds with the little hook. Some of them have big hooks because they're shepherds who grab the, whenever a sheep would get in trouble, if, if a sheep was in mud, if it was on a ledge about to fall off, he could hook it and bring it back. He put it around. If it had a big hook, it went around their body or their neck. If they had a small hook, they would hook the ankle, and, and pull that thing off the ledge. Let me tell you, you want something scary? Get, get God to pull you off a ledge that you're just holding on to, but he knows you're going to fall to your death, and that hook doesn't feel like it's a good thing. That, it's, it's the scariest thing. And you used to talk, talk about screaming. I had, when I'd have goats that get their heads stuck in the fence and I had to get them out, they did not think I was saving them. They were screaming and kicking and yelling and, and just get their head out and they frolic off. 
but they thought I had done something to them. They'd be afraid of me. So <clears throat> I wrote this. This came to me the other day. I had, to, I had to add it. With the rod, he saves us from the enemy. With the hook, he saves us from ourselves. God has to hook us. And when he pulls us back, we scream and we think that something horrible has happened, but he's, what he's really doing, he's saving you from total destruction. Wow. How many times have we screamed and been mad when all it was was God hooking us and us pulling us off that ledge, pulling us out of that mud? Sheep are known that if the head sheep walks off the edge of a ravine, said the rest will follow right behind him. I've driven through Scotland and I was always amazed. I thought sheep were supposed to have great feet on the side of the mountains. I've seen more sheep at the bottom of sharp cliffs. I thought, oh, that was a dumb sheep. He didn't have a shepherd watching him. Wow. You prepare a table for me. Even, you know, he turns from sheep, and let me tell you, until he's your shepherd, now you've turned in, once you've been a good sheep, guess what? He prepares a table for me, even in my, while my enemies are watching. You know what? We don't want to be bold, because it might offend our enemies. I want to win them. You know what God does? He goes, forget that. Get up here, buddy. And he starts preparing a table to bless us in the presence of our enemies. And we're like, oh, we're all sheepish. Wrong, wrong. You were sheepish before that got you here. Now you're seated at the king's table and he's serving you in front of your enemies. It doesn't happen until he becomes our shepherd. It doesn't happen until we can trust him and we can have that inner person healed because you're, you're going to come up to this dark ravine. God knows that there is a green pasture on the other side of that you've got to get to, but you're going, oh, I remember this. I've been in business before and I failed. I've gotten married before. I've fallen in love and it didn't turn out good. I'm, no, no, not going to do it. That inner person's not healed. He's not being ministered to. You've got to dedicate it. Though I walk through this valley of shadow of death, which is what we read. It says, though this death dark ravine is before me, I can't even see the green. I'm just going to trust in your rod and your staff. That comforts me. That comforts me. I have to trust. I have to hear that inner person saying the good things, the good testimony. So you prepare a table for me even as my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil. And you know when travelers would come to, to the house in the Middle East uh, to, to refresh them, you know, they're, they're sweaty, the, the, they would have this thing of oil. And it was the most expensive oil in the house. It had just uh, herbs. It, it kind of was like, you know, your right guard and perfume at the same time and jerry curl. You know, it just kind of, it just kind of smoothed everything out. You know, just, <clears throat> it was refreshing. It was really expensive. But he says, you know what? Here, come. You're sitting at my table. Refresh yourself. And it, it's overflowing. Use all that you need to refresh yourself. <laughs> 
did this, because you, but you're just lavishing this on me. Everything. It's, it's, no, comfort yourself. Here it is. And we have to put that on. God's love comes from his character, not our virtue. You didn't earn that pot. It's God's love for us. So, Number six, and this is good. I, I asked the Lord yesterday that I would not cry through verse six. He's not been faithful during the first service. Hopefully, he'll be safe, faithful in the second because it comes down to this. Boldness. You meditate on this verse. Something changes. This isn't the death verse. It's the life verse. Goodness and grace will pursue me every day of my life. You're having a bad day. Grace, grace and goodness pursued you. Did you receive it? How bad was yesterday? I don't care how bad it was. Did you hear grace knock on the door? This, this is God's shepherd, uh, uh, shepherd dogs. Uh, you know, herds of sheep. One, one dog's name's grace, the other one's goodness. And they're pursuing you. You're the sheep. So every day of my life, every day, every bad day, did you see some goodness? Did you see some grace? Are you looking at the wrong things? Is he your shepherd? Do you lack? Is that inner soul being healed, that inner person being healed, then your worst day you should see goodness and grace pursuing you. And you know, he goes, and I will live in the house of Adonai for years and years to come. Here's what we have. God is beneath us in the green pastures. He's beneath us. He's beside us in still waters. He's before us at the table. He's behind us pursuing us with grace and mercy. And he's beyond us because he's preparing a home. Besides comfort coming to your life, it should make you bold. It's comfort and boldness. I can be bold as I'm comforted. Those questions in my life have answered. What lies beyond me has been answered. What lies behind me has been, been answered. What's under me has been answered. He is before me and he's beyond me. It should bring boldness to our life. Walking with God the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. For those of you who have small groups, you can take a picture of this, some questions to ask at your small group. I'm going to have us stand in a moment. I'm going to ask Pastor Peter to come up. And he's going to bless us and add to this. But if you could stand with me. And I'm going to start it, and then I'm going to go off mic so I don't make anyone stumble. You just do it as a, a group reading. Are you ready? And this is something. Let me tell you. You want your inner person to be healed? This is something you need to memorize. Get it in a translation that you enjoy, because it, it basically will say the same thing. 
let this minister to you. And we start. The Lord is my shepherd. I...